Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast. Welcome to Football Social Daily, your Premier League podcast from the sports social team. It may be transfer deadline day, but the biggest deal of all might have been done on the sidelines. Everton have appointed Sean Dyche as successor to the sacked Frank Lampard. Is the ginger Mourinho the man to sort out the mess at Goodison Park? It's the first time in more than 10 years that he's managed a club that isn't Burnley, so Clarets fans will know better than anyone else exactly what Daichi will bring to Merseyside. My name's Niall, and joining me to tell us exactly what Evertonians and indeed the rest of us can expect from a Sean Dyche led Toffees is Joe from Turfcast, a Burnley podcast which is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How you doing, Joe? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. I've missed Sean Dyche in the Premier League. I really have. I think he was a proper character. He's obviously gone into Everton to replace Frank Lampard. You know him so well, having watched his teams for the last 10, 11 years before Vincent Company took over at Turf Moor. So do you think Dyche's the sort of man who can bring everything back together at Goodison Park? I think so, yeah. I, th- I think when you look at what they could have had, it, it, it felt like it came down to Bielsa or Dyche which to me suggests that the hierarchy at Everton didn't really have a clear plan. Bielsa, in typical Bielsa wacky ways, um, came in and said he wanted to manage the under-21s, 23s, whatever it was, so they said, nah, forget that, we'll bring Daish in. And they've proper landed on their feet in that decision for me. I think Bielsa's kind of made the right decision for them, if that makes sense. If Bielsa came in, then 
they would have been all over the gaff with Everton, you know. Um, it, it would have been the wrong decision. They'd have probably been running to the ground early on with so many injuries. You know, the defence would have been all over the place and I think they'd have gone down. But Sean Dyche is going to come in. He's going to play 4-4-2. He's going to get two banks of four and he's going to make them hard to beat. And, you know, the next game is Arsenal away, I believe. I know it's Arsenal, whether it's at Goodison or, or, or at Arsenal. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it won't surprise me if that were a nil-nil because he's going to set up in that way. I know he will. He'll set up two banks of four, um, just behind the ball with the strikers dropping in behind the ball as and when they can and just trying to trying to win the game on set pieces and things like that and just defend Arsenal out of it and I think the last time we went to Arsenal with Sean Dyche we drew 0-0 so it's one of them I, I, think, it, I think it will be um, uh, maybe a shock on the cards there in that game but that's what they can expect they can expect him to come in and just shore up the defence, shore up the midfield, and just stop conceding so many goals. Um, they might not score. They might not start scoring goals. <laughs> that that was that was that's never been um, a sort of like a characteristic of one of one of Sean Dyche's sides. Um, but they will they will defend very very well. Having watched Sean Dyche's first interview as Everton manager, he keeps talking about earning the right. He must must have mentioned that five or six times through his interview. What do you think he means by earning the right? He's uh, one of them, is Sean Dyche. He is proper old school manager, so you will have to earn the right to be in his team. Everton will have to earn the right to be in the Premier League. Um, and all he will ask from his players is, is, is that they leave 100% out on the pitch. If, if they go out on the pitch and, and you know they lose narrowly or, or they lose on, you know, in an unlucky way, then he's, he's, he'll never be too bothered. But if someone went out on the pitch and, and didn't show 100% commitment and wasn't 100% committed to the cause and left there and left everything out on the pitch and that's when that's when Dash gets frustrated so certain players you know they might be in for a bit of a rough time I, I, I saw some pictures on the Everton socials yesterday of Dash taking his first training session and they all look knackered which to me tells me a story that maybe you know the previous management hasn't really been putting them through the paces in terms of fitness uh, in training but that's that's one of the first things you can do as a manager in it I think that's the easiest thing you can improve straight away is improve players fitness um, and there was a saying at Burnley like is he fit uh, say, say, say somebody like come in for example like Corney uh, it'd say stuff like oh he's fit but he's not quite up there um, and it'd be one of them with with Dyche and Burnley fans it'd be like oh yeah Corney's fit but he's not quite Dyche fit yet you need to be Dyche fit you need to be able to run through walls you need to be able to do things like that and it seems to me like Dyche fit has arrived at Everton when I'm looking at them pictures yesterday so that's another thing that they can expect they can expect the players to have high fitness levels yeah he said in that first interview that also he expects his players to give everything and you expect that from every club. I mean, any fan of any team up and down the land will expect their players to give 100%. But let's face it, it's not always the case. And some might suggest that that wasn't really there at Everton under Frank Lampard. And you mentioned his relationship with the Burnley fans. Obviously, it was it was great at Turf Moor when Sean Dyche was there. But he also seems to be the sort of character that doesn't tolerate any disrespect. Would that be fair? Yeah, that is fair. There's a lot of uh, sort of like rumours about sort of like the last season. Um, apparently, him and Corney didn't get on, and, and Dash wasn't having it. Um, I think that I think this is part of the bit where um, at Burnley, like this might sound like a negative, and Everton fans might not want to hear this, but it did feel like at Burnley that he eventually lost the dressing room. But let's be honest, he was there for nine years, and and Burnley weren't bringing in players and signing players and things like that. But there was a lot of. Um, rumours of situations where people weren't necessarily showing him respect and he wasn't having it at all. Um, 
but yeah, there's always been one of them. It was same with sort of like when we when we signed Ben Gibson. Ben Gibson wasn't respecting um, Dyche, uh, according to the rumours. He wasn't respecting the club, and he was just immediately shipped out shipped out on loan to Middlesbrough. Um, well, not even on loan. Just just it was sort of like place like right. You're not playing for Burnley anymore. We can't get you out of this contract. We can't sell you instantly. So you're just you're just going to go and uh, and play elsewhere for Middlesbrough and things like that. Um, well, he was just training for them. But um, yeah, he definitely definitely just demands respect. Sean Dyche has already asked for time. Joe, something that Everton managers haven't really had over the last few years. Frank Lampard, I think, had just under a year in post. Do you think in that time, let's give Sean Dyche a 12-month time frame, do you think he'll be able to turn things around? Because he needs to get started pretty quick because Everton are in the bottom three and staring down the barrel of relegation at the moment. Yeah, I think he will, if given time. Um, 12 months, I mean, I, I do think he'll keep him up and I think that'll then give him some more time. I think I think the problem with Lampard was the players just didn't look like they cared. As we mentioned earlier, they didn't look like they were putting it all on the pitch. They didn't really look like they had an idea. They didn't really look like they had a plan. They didn't. Really, like, I think I know a few Everton fans and follow a few Everton podcasts and things like that. And I think a lot of them just were always saying like, "Don't even know what the tactics are. Don't even know what the plan is." Um, you will see that with a Sean Dice team. You will definitely know what the tactics are. You will definitely know what the plan is. It might not be pretty. So then they might he might get criticism on that side of things because I know Big Sam got a lot of criticism from Everton fans uh, for doing things like that and that way but um, they, they will definitely have a plan it, it, need, it does need time though to, to get ever. you've got to remember like a lot of people always see Burnley as just this team that finished you know 17th and 16th for, for the six seasons we were in the Premier League obviously that's not the case we finished uh, in the top half I think three times seventh once you know what I mean if Sean Dyche can do that with Burnley he can do it with Everton um, but the problem with Everton, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, apart from at boardroom level, because um, let's be honest, Everton are a club that's pretty much, you know, not rotten through the core. That's 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 a bit extreme, but they have issues at boardroom level, and they also have issues at fan level. I, I think the fans just aren't very patient at all. Uh, and don't get me wrong, um, fans should be allowed to express their concern. They should be allowed to express their opinions, uh, and if things aren't going well, they should be allowed to to let the players know about that. But Chasing cars down the street, constantly booing, um, throwing season tickets on the pitch. It's just not good, is it? It's, it's just counterproductive and and they do need to stop that. But it would be a very brave man to, to chase Sean Dyche's car down the street, wouldn't it? So <laughs> I, I'm not sure any Everton fans will be doing that anytime soon. Well, it was the, uh, was it the WWE Royal Rumble at the weekend. And often on this podcast over the years, we've had debates about who would win uh, Premier League Royal Rumble and Sean Dyche was always in the last three or four competitors if there was I think it was him Troy Deeney yeah. and a few others that were always going to stay in there but yeah um, Sean Dyche is certainly a character that doesn't seem to take much messing and as for you as a Burnley fan Joe I don't think anyone at Turf Moor knew what life would be like after Sean Dyche obviously the club sacked him they took a gamble they ended up dropping into the championship at the end of last season nobody was quite sure how it was going to go but it's been brilliant this season how have you enjoyed this campaign so far under Vincent Company? It's probably been so far my favourite ever season following Burnley and that's saying something because of course we finished 7th under Dyche we won the championship under Dyche going 23 games undefeated but with the, I mean, as a big, like I said, as a big criticism about Sean Dyche and his style of play, I've never been bothered about the way that my team plays unless we're winning games. I don't care if we go to Old Trafford and, and stink the place out and win 1 0 or, or whatever. We've won the game, that's all I'm bothered about. I'm not, I am not there as a Burnley fan to be entertained. I'm there as a Burnley fan, as a fan, just to watch them win 
win the game. Whereas if I'm watching a neutral game, yes, I want to be entertained. So it's never been much of a thing for me um, with Burnley. But now we are playing in a certain style and we are playing in a certain way and winning games week in, week out. I think we've on a ridiculous run at the minute. That's six wins in a row in the league or something like that. Only lost twice all season. Um, playing very good football. We've, you know, we've been gone through phases where we've just blown teams away. Not so much at the minute. We, we are winning like 1-0s, 2-1 sort of thing. But again, we're not, we're not playing bad football. Um, but because of the style of play, it's been much more enjoyable. Um, and I, I say that as somebody that's never been that bothered about it. And I'm still not that bothered about it. Yeah. I would rather we win the game 1-0 and play terrible than draw the game 4-4, for example, playing in a, in a, in a perfect style. But um, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying yeah. it. And, and the fact that we are currently 17 points clear of third tells me that we are 100% going up and you can clip this bit if we don't go up feel free to clip it and make me look like an idiot at the end of the season but I will put my house on burn it's going to take a ridiculous point swing like I said we've lost twice all season so I think for, for us to be caught we'll need to lose six games between now and the end of the season and that's if Middlesbrough win every single game like it's just with respect to Middlesbrough they've, they've turned the corner and they're doing very well under Carrick but they're not going to win six more games than us between now and the end of the season with the way that we're playing and the way that we've been. And, of course, in January, we've strengthened as well, so we're only going to get better. Scott Twine's come in as well after after being injured for most for the most part. We've brought in Lyle Foster. We've brought in Michael Obafemi. I, I can only just see us getting better. Honestly, I really, really do. And, I, and I'm really, 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 really enjoying this season, and I'm looking forward to see what we can do next season in the Prem. I'm not surprised, and I'm not surprised you're so confident, Joe, because as you say, you've won your last five on the bounce in the Championship. You're miles clear of Sheffield United and Middlesbrough in second and third, respectively. As you've already highlighted, does that come, though, albeit with all of the, the happiness over the way Burnley are playing, does it come with any concerns over perhaps players being pinched or Vincent Company moving to a different club next season when you are in the Premier League again? Slightly, but I think I think at the minute uh, Vincent Company's only like what six, seven months into his reign at Burnley. Um, there's already been rumours. I, I, I heard an Everton fan ring up at a national radio station and sort of like say that he, he wanted Company um, for, for their vacant manager role when it was vacant, obviously before Dyche come in. So people are obviously noticing what he's doing. Um, I, th- I think it's going to be one. It, it would surprise me if he left like now. You know, seven months. In. It would surprise me as well if he left next season. I think if he is going to leave, it might be after next season if he's kept us up or we've finished 10th and somebody comes in for him obviously somebody's got to come in for him um, I think the natural progression uh, well the obvious progression would be City but I think City might be a little bit reluctant to take him after only working at Burnley look at what Chelsea did with Lampard um, they took him too soon and it didn't work out uh, City might have half an eye on that so who knows You know, if, if Brighton lose their manager again Brighton might be a, a decent fit um, but then I, I, I can't see us being uh, I say this, this is how confident I am at the minute I can't see us being too much behind Brighton next season because they're as good as, as well as Brighton a run and I, I said this to, to a mate yesterday like they seem to get sort of like decimated every transfer window to Brighton but they just seem to get better like every player gets pinched the manager gets pinched and then somehow they are just better that just shows how well run they are um, so this might sound ridiculously confident but I, I just think next season I think I think Brighton will probably not have a great season, as as good a season as they are doing this season. And I, I, I can honestly see us next season potentially being between sort of like 14th and 8th and in that battle um, because of how well... I, I think we'd have to strengthen. Like, I'm not saying that the current crop of players would do that. But every single signing that we've made this season has been spot on. Vincent Company clearly can tell 
what a good player is, of course, because he was one himself and he's played around loads. His recruitment has been spot on. He's been backed by the chairman, Alan Pace. So I could just see us getting even stronger next season, if I'm being honest with you, and then potentially not really looking over our shoulder, kind of doing similar to what Fulham have done this year, something like that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, really looking forward to it. But there is a slight concern about him being pinched. Um, but... I just don't think I don't think it'll happen just yet. I, th- I think it'll be about another eighteen months until um, some major noises about that begin happening. Love it, Joe, and love the confidence as well. And you can understand why with mm-hmm. Burnley absolutely flying at the moment. And Joe discusses all of the Burnley Championship games on his podcast Turfcast. Where can people find it on social media, mate? Yes, yeah, so of course the podcast is available on Spotify, Sports Social, of course, um, iTunes, and all the other places. But on social media. Um, just search Turfcast Podcast on um, YouTube. YouTube's the one that we're trying to push quite a lot at the minute. Um, and of course, Facebook, we've got around 11,000 followers on there. So feel free to add yourself to them numbers. Uh, Twitter's been going mad recently. We've got around 8,000 on there. Same again, just Turfcast Podcast. Instagram, Turfcast Podcast. TikTok, Turfcast Podcast. Or so TikTok is, is, is the one that I, I probably should use more than I do. <laughs> I'm not a TikToker, Joe. I'm not. But <laughs> if you're a Burnley fan listening, make sure you check out all of those social channels and indeed the YouTube page of the podcast. Turfcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Joe, great to chat you mate hopefully the next time we speak Burnley have already got that little P next to their name in the table yeah well um, we should be looking for that round about March I think with the way things are going and just looking at the fixtures we play Blackburn Rovers away in March so there's been some rumours and some excitement about potentially <laughs> getting promoted at Ewood Park if we got promoted Ooh. at Ewood Park in March <laughs> that would be sensational. I remember seeing the, when the fixtures came out I said to my dad I'm like, oh, it's a bit early to get promoted there but with how well we are doing we could get promoted in March at Ewood Park but that would be insane and, and to be honest I've just spoken about how, how I think we are going to get better I, I can't see the gap staying around 17 points I, th- I think I think it's going to swing either way isn't it so it's going to be interesting to see um, if we do get promoted there but it's probably wishful thinking I think I tell you what Joe I'll speak to you in about six weeks then if that's going to be the case <laughs> yeah. I'll speak to you in six yeah. weeks whenever it happens whenever Burnley go up we'll get you back on the show Joe great to speak to you mate all the best thank you thank you for having me always good to hear the thoughts of the fans here on Football Social Daily and if you are a Burnley fan then why not check out Turfcast as we say part of the Sports Social Podcast Network just how will Sean Dyche get on at Everton and just who will he bring through the door on transfer deadline day we'll be bringing you a special podcast tomorrow on FSD rounding up all of the big Premier League transfer stories and there have been some absolutely wild moves on the cards we'll go through it all tomorrow Hit subscribe, that way you won't miss it. And then on Thursday, we'll be speaking to a former Wolves and West Ham United player who knows exactly what it's like to move for big money during the transfer window. Matt Jarvis will be joining us. But until then, that's it. We'll catch you next time on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily is a VoiceWorks sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.